Hello and welcome to episode 40 of Cricket Scorers Untallied and the first podcast from us in 2024. I'm Sue Drinkwater and unusually I'm on my own today. For those of you in the Northern Hemisphere, I hope that you're gearing up to some training, maybe, to sharpen your skills ready for the coming season. And for those of you in the Southern Hemisphere, you're probably halfway through your season right now, so I hope it's going well for you. In today's episode, we're going to focus again on cameras. We visited cameras in episode 34, which was published in March 2022, which seems a long time ago now. And at that time, certainly for us in the UK, we would just get into grips with cameras being used in recreational cricket. But we've had a couple of seasons under our belts. Things have moved on now. And so Mark Shepherd had a chat with Andy Knott both of whom have been using cameras for the last couple of years, particularly with the MCC secretarial matches. So let's listen to Mark and Andy telling us all about their camera work. Welcome to Cricket Scorers Untallied. Today we have Andy Knott, who is an MCC camera scorer, part of a very small team who go around uh, the country scoring for the infamous MCC club. And this is basically a conversation regarding how cameras are moving on. Most people have had cameras for a couple of years. The MCC program started a couple of years ago, and we've got Andy on to explain everything about how that works. So Andy, good afternoon. How are you, sir? I'm absolutely fine, Mark. So can you give us a little background, how you got into cricket scoring and cameras and and what have you? Absolutely. I mean, I've I've been scoring, I think, I would say properly since about 2010. I got into it probably in a very similar way to a lot of people do. My kids started playing cricket as young kids, sort of 12, 13 years old. And I sat there on the sidelines doing nothing and uh, thought, "Hmm, I'm a bit bored here. Perhaps there's something I could do. So started doing a bit of ad hoc scoring and it snowballed from there, went on and did some cricket courses, scored for my local club, have been doing for 15 years now, my local recreational club in Wiltshire and went through all the training courses. 2018, got the uh, level three qualification and got involved in Gloucestershire second 11 and also was fortunate enough to get onto the uh, Lord's scorebox team. And then uh, following on from that over the last couple of years, was invited to do some of the MCC scoring with the video camera equipment. And that's what we've been doing for the last couple of years, on top of all the other stuff. So explain to me the MCC scoring programme. How did you fit in and what basically is it? I'm part of it, but to the viewers listening, or the listeners even, explain to me how how you got into it and what it entails and what goes on. Well, I think it probably came up an initiative from within the MCC thinking we want to advertise. Initially, I think the thought was the secretary matches. I think they wanted to try and get the secretary matches to reach a a larger audience. And so I was approached. They said, we're going to try and invest in some camera equipment and we'd like to try and video score the MCC secretary matches. So I think they're probably about in the 20s matches per year we were asked to score. You and I have been having a go at that over the last couple of years. So initially, we were introduced to the camera equipment Back in uh, very early 22, and uh, we were shown how it all set, how to set it all up. 
And then um, we started off gallivanting around the country with all the equipment starting in April 2022. So initially we were scoring alongside official scorers. We were sort of the third scorer, if you like, doing the video recording. And then this year it's changed so that we are actually the official scorer plus doing the camera stuff at the same time. It's kind of also a bit of a cost-cutting issue, isn't it? So the yes. MCC don't have to send two people to Cambridge for three days. Exactly. Yeah, that's that I think has been one of the drivers for it as well. I think the first year it was the sensible approach just to see, is it going to work? What's the additional workload? How complicated? How reliable is it? Um, what are the issues around setting it all up and operating it? And I'm sure we'll have a chat about that a bit later. And I think the first year in 2022 went quite well. There were obviously a few teething troubles and a few bits and bobs, but generally it went quite well. And I think we had a discussion with the MCC about, well, do you think you can do this as an official scorer and do it all at once? And I think, well, certainly my view was, yes, yes, it can be done. And the cameras are no different from any club scorer uses, are they? No, exactly. The the MCC have invested in, I think, the top of the range NV Play offering. So sort of a package. So you've got the uh, the big heavy pan tilt zoom remote camera that uh, can go on a rather ungainly pole and hook over the top of a, a suitable side screen, shall we say, connected to some wireless point-to-point equipment and a battery pack so you can run it in the outfield without trailing a massive cable. And then a wireless dedicated point-to-point link back to where your laptop is with another mini tripod to hook up the other end of the wireless link. And um, on a good day, it all connects and talks to itself. And then you connect it all through to YouTube for some live streaming and into the MV Play system or Play Cricket, depending on what the match type is, to upload all the ball clips and host the video stream as well. So, uh, yeah, it's very standard equipment. You can look on the uh, Play Cricket website and all that equipment is advertised as a package. To those who aren't aware, a secretary match is basically the creme de la creme of MCC cricket. They get some amazing club cricketers, amazing county cricketers that play, but some of the venues are so stunning. I went to Beaver Castle, which is up Granthamy Way, and I'm sure, Andy, you've been to some stunning grounds. Mm -hmm. Yes, I mean, last year I went over to Wormsley, and I went to Arundel Castle, However, some are in the middle of a field and maybe you can explain some of the trials and tribulations you have of trying to get uh, almost a a telecast, so to speak, a a decent camera shot of the game from the middle of a field with no electricity. Yes. One of the tricky experiences I had was uh, scoring for MCC versus, I think it was Herefordshire. Very lovely place, but I don't think mobile technology or any form of internet had hardly ever reached the place in deepest, darkest Herefordshire that I went to. The sight screen also was a sheet held up on a couple of bamboo poles, basically. So you couldn't attach the camera equipment to the sight screen. Obviously, we like to put the camera on the sight screen, if possible, because you can get the traditional behind the bowler's arm view of proceedings. And I think a lot of people watching on YouTube and so forth are very familiar with that view. You get a good idea of how the bowler's moving the ball around and all that sort of stuff. But at Herefordshire, no, we couldn't use the side screen because it just wouldn't hold the weight of the camera. So that had to be the second tripod that I carry around as well as the pole equipment. So I've got about a two and a half metre long tall tripod. So I had to fit that fairly close to where the side screen would have been. Then I had to move it because I couldn't get line of sight to where they wanted me to score from. Because, of course, the wireless point-to-point link to the laptop has to be a line of sight. And I had people walking in front of it and interrupting the signal. And then once I got all the laptop connected to the camera, 
then I found that the club Wi-Fi that I was promised and the club internet that I was promised was superb <laughs> proved to be anything but. It wasn't capable of actually streaming properly. Right? You need a reasonable bandwidth. You need at least three or four, maybe five, six megabits per second to successfully stream. And also the way we score, we live stream the video feed through YouTube, but also we try and upload each individual ball video clip up onto the server at the same time. So I had to do a few extra tricks at Hereford. So I actually paused all the individual ball clip uploading just to dedicate what meagre bandwidth I had to the video feed. I also downgraded the video feed down from full HD, which is 1080p, down to 720 to try and reduce the bandwidth that it was eating up. And I managed to get almost up around the 25 frames a second, but it, it was flaky. It, it wasn't the best. But yeah, those, those sorts of tricks and trips that you have to employ. <laughs> and not one that should be used too often. Maybe it should be used as a guide, as, as a useful helping guide. Yeah, it certainly was useful to have to think on your feet, to think, well, how can I reduce the load on this poor internet connection? And also, it was a definite lesson in whatever you do, arrive at an unfamiliar ground as early as you can. Because it took me best part of two hours to get everything set up so it was working even vaguely reliably. I was there about half past eight in the morning for an 11 o'clock start. And I think that was good enough. But had I been another half an hour later, the I think I would have struggled. The other side of that is if you're lucky enough to do a game at Lords, like a National Village Cup final or a game of that ilk, it's the complete opposite. Everything will be plugged in for you. It's on an amazing in-house system. You've got cameras at both ends. You can flick. You've got cameras on the side and you can flick to those. It's almost like a mini TV production. At Lords, you feel almost like a TV producer going from camera to camera to camera. It can be as flash as you wish and you can really show off. And it's just chalk and cheese from being out in the middle of a beautiful field, being treated like a Lord with some wonderful people. And the pluses and minuses are, are massive between the two. They are indeed. It's a very stark contrast, I would say. Yeah, I mean, the, the Lord's experience is, is superb. I've had decent experiences at Arundel, where I'm familiar with the setup now, and the internet's good. Wormsley, which is the John Paul Getty estate, again, they've got fibre broadband. It's all geared up for streaming. You've got to bring your own kit, but everything works, and you're treated like royalty there. You know, they, they appreciate right. what you do. It's, it's excellent. I had similar issues. I went to um, Aldershot for the Army Games, and everything was working okay, but the video feed kept getting interrupted. And I never found out what it was. It was the wireless link had interference problems. I don't know whether it was because I was near an army base or something. But in the end, I had to pick up the camera, take it off the side screen at half time and actually move it close to where I was scoring and connect it up with a long cable because I just couldn't get the wireless link to work reliably. It only happened once. Don't know what that was. But again, you have to think on your feet and chop and change the, the setup around to accommodate. Now, the good people at MV Play, and there are other cameras available, other platforms available. Mm. Some people either might be getting a camera for the first time for this forthcoming summer, or they would have had their camera for a couple of years. And one problem that creeps up every so often, if you do a lot of games, is memory space on your computer. And your picture will be perfectly fine that you're seeing. But it's not uploading any ball clips. It's just no room at the end for the computer to take any more. So with your computer hat on, how would you free up memory space? Right. What's happening is when you're scoring a video match, every single ball clip is first saved to the hard drive of your laptop or computer that you're scoring on. 
and then it uploads the ball clip up onto the server but retains all the ball clips in your local hard drive under an individual folder for each match. So what I would advise people to do is before you go to the ground, probably the night before, is have a check of how much free space you've got on your hard drive before you go to the game. And if it looks like it's getting a bit low, if you're down to the last gigabyte or two, it's really advisable to pick a match that you may say, well, actually, I don't need this video locally anymore. Go into the match. And within PCS Pro, there are some options where you can actually check the status of the synced ball clips. And what I would do is just check that all the ball clips have successfully been uploaded to the server. And if that's the case, you're quite at liberty then to go into the match folder on the C drive for that particular match. You'll find a folder under there. I think it's called video or something. And you can see all the ball clips there and you're perfectly at liberty to delete them all. If you actually wanted to get them back, you could open up the match again in PCS Pro and actually download all the video clips back onto the hard drive. So as long as they're all synchronized onto the server, then you can get rid of them, and that will free up your disk space for the match you're going to be recording. Excellent, because that's something MV players, excellent as they are, the helpful videos and what have you. There's very little that they do for the actual game itself and the match management of the game. It's all about the camera setup, and whilst they are fantastic, that's where you're kind of left, and there's not really a vast amount of places that I know of, that you can go and check. No, no, absolutely right. There will be dramas. I've had one with Colchester where there were three wickets in four balls. There was 22 runs off and over, two spinners on in the last hour, and the computer was full. And to try and sort that out when everything else is going 10 to the dozen is hard and really difficult. It's very, very difficult. I had a problem in Wales where we had a wicket fell on the fifth ball of an over. And then we were so busy trying to work out who the run-out fielder was and put all that information in. We hadn't spotted that the umpires had actually called the over a ball early because we had two spinners on. By the time we looked up, the next ball was being bowled. But in all the confusion, we hadn't even realised that they'd actually started the next over. And it took about three balls before we worked out, hang on a minute, it's not that's the wrong bowler, that's the wrong end. What's going on here? And then trying to edit that in and change all that whilst scoring quickly. It is important when you're video streaming. It's changed the way I actually score when I'm video scoring. The advice every professional scorer is given is that you have to score on the laptop first and then fill in whatever paper copy afterwards because of the way electronic scoring is interlinked to all sorts of analysis and data these days in the pro game. You have to get the data into the laptop first. But when you're video scoring, and we use the auto video ball clip method, so we're not starting and stopping the video feed individually for each ball. We allow the PCS Pro system to work that out for us. So, for example, for each ball, PCS Pro will record 17 seconds of ball clip. When you hit the whatever's happened, say a four's occurred, click on four, the system will record, well, it's a 17-second clip in total. I think it's about 10 or 11 seconds prior to you hitting the button and a few seconds after you hitting the button. That is the ball clip that's recorded. But for wickets, it records just over 35 seconds, I think, maybe 37. But you have to be fast. If you don't put the wicket data in and click OK relatively quickly after the event has occurred, your ball clip will just capture the celebration. It won't actually capture the wicket at all. And it's difficult when you have a situation where you're maybe not sure who the catcher was or who the fielder was that performed the run out. When we're at Lords for the scoreboard output, of course, we have to be absolutely sure about who has performed what action. And we wait. We wait until we're sure. 
and then we input the data. You can't do that when you're video scoring, because if you do, as I say, you'll just end up with a wicket celebration about a minute later. You have to put it in. And what I've taught myself to do, which goes a bit against the grain, is actually to score putting in unknown for a fielder, for example. And that way, at least I know that the video clip is right. And then I'll go in subsequently, edit the ball and put in the fielders afterwards. PCS Pro will, will adjust. So with MCC, do you see yourself as a scorer, like a recorder or an analyst or something of all three? I think now I see myself as a scorer with a few extra duties. I'm not an analyst because we don't perform an analyst's function. We don't record all the shot selections and all the other stuff that analysts do. And I, I still marvel at how they do that. I don't know how they do that. I see myself as an official MCC scorer with additional duties. However, in 2022, when we were just doing the video stuff, I think I just saw myself as a as a video scorer associate, if you like, to the main scorer. But now, definitely, we are taking on the full scorer duty with some additional activities on top. So, yeah, I see myself as a scorer for MCC. Since 22, have you seen any change to attitudes regarding groundsmen, players, officials? What, what do you think? Uh, I think in terms of ground staff, they've generally been very accommodating. I think the key to it is to arrive early, go and see the grounds person when you get there, explain what you want to do, and is it possible to hook things up to the site screen if it's appropriate and all of that. I think if you're upfront and open about it initially, they're generally okay. Uh, you know, obviously they're very protective about their environment and their equipment. And as long as you reassure them that you're going to be careful and sensible, and if they have suggestions, take those on board. I, I've found groundspeople very accommodating in general. Players, I've not really had um, with the MCC and the video, I've not really had any problems. Quite a few are quite interested, ask for the links to the online scoring and the video feed. Officials, generally fairly okay with it. Several have actually, again, wanted to have access to the web pages where all the information is stored because they actually want to analyse some of their decisions. As time is progressing and more and more video is being utilised in the recreational and MCC, etc., those sorts of games, I think people are coming more used to it and more familiar with it and see it more as a tool that can be useful to them rather than perhaps initially they may have been sceptical or thought, um, I don't really want my umpiring scene on YouTube. And I think they are seeing it now as more of a positive thing where they can actually learn from the experience. Have you any tips for anybody that's dipping their toe into it this year? I would say when you get your equipment, try it out in the garden. Try it first. Make sure you're familiar with how it all hooks together, any setup issues, because the last thing you want is to have that on match morning. Have a go yourself and always, always arrive at the ground really early. Always arrive early. I try to arrive at least two hours early with video equipment because it takes a long time to set it up. Marvellous. Andy, it's been an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing you in the summer of 2024. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Mark. Thanks ever so much. Good luck. It's been a pleasure. Cheers. Thanks, Mark and Andy. That was really interesting. It threw up a lot of things that I hadn't thought about before, such as having to record the fielder's name immediately to keep the ball clip the right size. It does seem that you need to know a lot about IT to be a scorer these days, and I don't want to worry the scorers out there who don't want to operate cameras. We're not expecting you to, 
I know a lot of clubs have introduced them and a lot of people are up for the challenge of operating a camera at the same time as scoring. I think it's not too difficult as long as it goes well, but my worry would be what happens when the cameras don't work and you can't stop your scoring to go and fix them. Anyway, that's all for now. Thank you for listening and hopefully next time we'll all be back in the same room for a good chat about scoring. Bye for now. (laughs) 